Bienvenidos, I'm your host Lore, and this is Creepy Chisme. Warning, some stories and information on Creepy Chisme may be triggering and are not suitable for all, especially young children. Please listen with caution. Thank you. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for coming back. If you haven't listened, go ahead and listen to that last episode. It leaves you scratching your head. And I want to know what you think. Was she a kid? Was she a woman? Will we ever know? I mean, technically, with the DNA test, we literally could find out, but I don't know what Natalia's thinking. I don't know if she wants to get it. So in a previous episode, I talked about a murder between these young girls called the Slenderman Stabbing. It has come to my attention. (laughs) It has been seven years since that crime happened. And the girl by the name of Anissa, yes, we remember Anissa, don't we? Um, She's now 19 years old. So she's asked, I don't know how to say it, Waukesha County Circuit Judge Michael Boren to release her from the Winnebago Mental Health Institute. So she was sentenced in December of 2017 to 25 years in the institution. It has been seven. Let me repeat that, y'all. She was sentenced 25 years in the institution and it has been seven. What it claims is she's pretty much telling the judge, like, I've healed as much as I can in this mental institution and there is nothing else for me. Now, even if she has good behavior, Even if she's proving that she's on the mend, I repeat, she's only completed seven years. So she's saying that she is ready to be out in society. Actually, no, you know what? What she says doesn't even make sense. So here, actually, let me read what she said. This is coming straight from her mouth. I vowed after my crime that I would never become a weapon again, and I intend to keep that vow. I hate my actions, but through countless hours of therapy, I no longer hate myself for them. By petitioning the court for conditional release, I am not saying I am done with my treatment. I am saying that I have exhausted all the resources of available to me at the Winnebago Mental Health Institute. If I am to become a proactive member of society, I need to be part of society. I want to reiterate that I am not saying I am done growing, changing, evolving, or adapting. I just can't do it here anymore. (laughs) Does that not make you angry? She's literally, she's 19 years old. She's still not even fully mature mentally and she is literally telling the judge i'm not fully better but i won't know until i try like let the maniac out and see (laughs) this is so wild i really hope they don't take it into consideration nothing has been said about it if i was the survivor little peyton i would be horrified all those nightmares all of that healing she's done over the past seven years. I guarantee, oh, I can't, ima- I can't imagine what she's feeling just reading this because this pisses me off that this little girl has the nerve after only seven years. Oh, I can't. Well, I just had to share that with you. And as more updates come through, I'll share that with you as well. Um, I'll keep updating you guys on those stories the more I hear about them. Today, we have finally come to talk about something I love talking about. Let's get a little weird and talk about 
aliens. I love aliens. Ever since I was a kid, I've been infatuated at the fact that other beings similar to us live in our universe or even on our planet. I've always been into that. When the show Ancient Aliens came out, that's literally my Bible. Like right there, that is my religion. My religion is Ancient Aliens. And if you don't know what that show is, you're missing out. Whether you believe it or not, it's still cool how they explain things, you know, how things became and how aliens would be involved with lots of things from our past. Really good show. Watch it if you haven't. I have a really good story for you today. And before I get into that story, I want to talk about some different alien races. If you're not a fan of aliens, then this episode may not be for you, and you might want to just forward to the story. It's a good story regardless if it's real or not. I need to give you a little backstory. Um, people truly believe in these beings. These beings have been described by people who have claimed to be abducted, or have seen these things, or have dreamt. After years and years of people giving stories, this is what we have concluded of species or races that we know. So let's start with one of my favorites, the greys. So the greys come from a star known as Zeti Reticuli, which is in our story today. <laughs> so Zeti Reticuli, I hope I'm saying that correctly, is a star system located in the southern celestial hemisphere and are one of the few alien races that are in contact with Earth. Zeti Reticuli is over 40 light years away and technically that's our closest neighbor. So the greys are those little gray aliens we see everywhere in movies, in pictures. You know, the short little guy with the big old head, tiny body, big black eyes, that guy. That's who I'm talking about. Now there are the short greys and there's the tall greys. So the short greys are the ones who abduct people like in the story I'm going to tell. They are the, I guess you can say scientists, and then the tall greys are the ones that rule over the short greys and kind of demand them on what to do. So the tall greys, <laughs> I'm talking about them like I know them, right? Like they're my best friend. No, the tall greys are have thought to have the communication with government, leaders of the world. It is thought them and another species I'll get into shortly um, control a lot of our leaders of the world and decisions they make and technology that's given to us comes from them. So the short grace, like I said, are the ones that pick y'all up when you sleep in and abduct you, okay? And then the tall grays are kind of the ones making the big decisions in charge. Now the reason they like to abduct humans well <laughs> i mean if you just look at the list of missing people in our country or the world it's absolutely ridiculous like where do they all go they can't all be murdered right so it is known that the greys take humans as well as abduct and put them back because they're experimenting they want to know about the human race the human body it's rumored that they're working on making a hybrid human one in which can live on the earth and would be worthy of living on the earth Yes, worthy because guess what? They hate us. They think we're stupid, which we are. They are saying that we destroy the world. The reason they won't show themselves yet is because we can't handle it. We're almost there, but we can't handle it. It's not gonna happen anytime soon. And the plan is to extinguish the human race and have these perfect hybrid alien humans living on the planet. Okay, 
<laughs> Again, sounds wild, but just have an open mind while I talk about aliens. Now, in some articles I read, it says that the greys live on our planet. Like they're here, they're in our waters, they're in our mountains, they're here, sometimes right in front of our eyes. But then there are some people that say they go back to their planet. I read an article that said that they came here because their planet, something happened and they cannot live on it anymore and that's why they came to Earth. That's why they're working so hard to make the perfect hybrid alien human, which they claim already lives on our planet. There are some people on our planet that are already hybrid human. Wonder who? So that's the grace. Not gonna get too much into it. So then we have, um, forgive me for not saying this correctly, the Sasani. Now they're hybrids. They come from across the cosmos and are believed to be the alien race in contact with Earth. So the ones that communicate with us from a different place. Now people think that we humans are genetic hybrids, but I'm not going to get into that. That's for another day. Now the Sasani are a hybrid that was developed from the reptilians, which I'll get into, and the greys. Their development was found to be necessary after the greys mutated themselves through genetic experimentation, which is their job, to a point where they can no longer reproduce using conventional means, alien sex, <laughs> and were only able to spawn new generations by cloning themselves. Now cloning is good if you want to create someone new, a new being, right? But it gives no genetic variation, so that causes problems. Like, you can clone a person, but they have got like three eyes, right? Or you can clone a person and they only live 20 seconds. Yeah, it's a problem. So the Sasani have a very strong connection with their higher selves, and people, well, humans believe that they are what we aim to be. Do you know what I mean? I know, it's confusing, stay with me. They are way advanced and ahead of us and will play a huge part in humanity's conscious awakening, which if you believe in this, which everyone should, it's already happening. We are being awakened. We are. And don't deny it. We are. All right. Not getting into that either. (laughs) So next we have... The Nordics. What's up? Now, these are the ones I want to see. So the Nordics are the ones they compare to looking like gods. So from myths, mythology. They are blonde with brilliant, vibrant blue eyes. Ugh, a perfect being. (laughs) They're usually around six foot tall and very, very athletic physique. So they're gorgeous, okay? So the greys got a lot of attention when it comes to alien sightings because they look different, right? But the Nordics are a species that looks so much like us that it's harder to pick them out from the crowd. Now, they're more interested in the well-being of the human race than changing the human race. Now, people have said that the Nordics and the Greys work together sometimes. Some people that have been abducted claim that they were even on the same craft. Some people think the Greys used to be slaves or servants of the Nordic, but the Greys lack empathy, which is why sometimes when people get abducted, they'll say like their eyes, they remember the feeling they get when they look in their eyes. They feel like all hope is lost and It's the worst kind of depression, depressive feeling. Next, we have the Pleiadians. Now, the Pleiadians come from a star cluster known as Pleiades and are known to resemble humans. The person next to you right now might be a Pleiadian. Just saying, just saying. (laughs) 
But the difference between us is they are very sensitive to psychic energies. <gasps> I know a few people like, ooh, okay. <laughs> so that means the best way of reaching out to one of them is concentrating or sending out psychic messages. So when you're meditating and you hear a voice, might be a Pleiadian. So yeah, so the way you would contact a Pleiadian is through meditation. So you have to be like, you know, a third eye seer probably. Then we have, oh, now this one I've heard many times on Ancient Aliens and I know how to say it as soon as I saw this name. The Anunnaki. So it's claimed that the Anunnaki came to Earth and they pillaged it for resources. That's all they needed from Earth. They come from the planet X, an almost mythical planet that some scientists believe rotates around our sun on a very wide elliptical orbit that takes it far out into the expanses of space before coming back for a close shave of our sun. This crazy elliptical orbit is what makes its presence so hard to prove. However, the presence of the Anunnaki has been noted down in texts that date back to the Mesopotamian cultures. That's why ancient aliens likes to talk about them so much. They're believed to be one of the alien races in contact with Earth. If you watch ancient aliens, they talk about the Anunnaki a lot with our past humans of the world. And it is thought that the Anunnaki kept us as sort of like slaves. Um, we did the work. We did all the work for them. Um, they would use us for hard labor, for things such as gold and precious metals. Not a fan of them, but I know of them. So then we get into the Alpha Draconians. Now the Anunnaki was one of the alien races in contact with Earth, but they weren't the first involved in the racket of mining minerals. So before the Anunnaki were the Draconians. Now the Draconians were kind of like giants. They were said to be 22 feet tall, which, okay. <laughs> made of pure muscle, and they resembled dinosaurs or dragons. Um, when the Anunnaki showed up and were like, yo, we're taking all your resources, the Draconians were like, damn, okay. And so they kind of gave up, and I'm not sure why. It's rumored that the Draconians still are on our planet and have a lot to do with our government. It's rumored that they can shapeshift or become other things, people, humans and live among us. And they're just waiting for their moment to shine and take over again. Which brings me to the reptilians. So we've all heard the conspiracy theory of these beings, the reptilians. Facebook guy, right? There's those weird pictures of him when he's in tri on trial and he look literally looks like a freaking reptile. Yeah, <laughs> not sure if they're real. So the reptilians were before the Anunnaki as well. Now reptilians were scaly. And they were about human size, so height-wise. And they were forced to go underground by the lovely Anunnaki, where apparently it is said that they still live today. They have a whole tunnel system under the ground. That is a whole other conspiracy theory that I would love to talk about one day because that is great. <laughs> like I said, I'm just giving you the information I've heard and know. And it sounds so crazy, right? Reptiles, dragons. But think about it. Just take a second and think about it. Think back, okay, to myths, legends, stories told down through time. Those stories come from somewhere, right? Somebody saw dragons. Somebody saw dinosaurs. Somebody saw reptiles that acted like humans. So don't shut it down. Just be open. Be open to thinking this could possibly be true. 
And I know I'm going to lose so many listeners with this. And that's why I've avoided doing this alien episode. But just have an open mind. That's all I ask. Just because I'm sitting here telling you this does not mean I believe it. Does not mean it is true, 100% true. I'm just talking about it and you decide if you want to believe it or not. But have an open mind. Alright, this next one. So the last one I'm going to mention is the blue avian. Now, this alien is known as the Space Alliance, um, have been known since ancient Egypt and have been said to be involved in the construction of the ancient Egypt architecture, so pyramids. They're about eight feet tall and have a resemblance to a blue humanoid bird. They speak telepathically and reach humans through dreams using some type of sign language. They may even use light through physical touch to communicate. Now these blue avians travel in a blue sphere or form of light. They can teleport from wherever they are to the earth and unlike with various other different alien species, they do not abduct humans and have no intention or invasion or they have no intention of invading us. So wherever they come from, whatever they do or have there, they're content and happy. They're just curious. It's like they just want to talk to us, you know, and want to guide us through a spiritual journey. There are many, many more races of alien species and it's really interesting. Again, like I said, a little wild. But just have an open mind. And you know, the way I look at aliens, and some of you might get mad at me for saying this, but think of God, right? They praise him and give him credit for our earth and creating us, all that stuff, right? Well, what is the difference between believing in that and believing in a possible species or race of human who also helped create the world and all that stuff? I don't see a difference there, but people tend to, you know, give a good eye roll when you mention reptilians or, you know, any type of alien being. That's just my opinion on the matter. Everyone is entitled to believe in whatever they want to. So I'm going to share a story with you. (laughs) And again, it's up to you if you choose to believe or not. It's an interesting story. It's pretty cool. And it's only one of many abduction stories you can find Um, that are popular. But I'm going to tell this one because this is one of the first publicized abduction stories. So here we have um, a couple by the name of Betty and Barney Hill. Now, the experience that the Hills claim to have was the start of a secret project named Project Blue Book, in which the Air Force actually investigated reported UFO sightings all over the country. Their experience also was one of the first um, publicized alien abduction accounts that people to this day claim, well, people who claim they have been abducted, um, always compare their stories to this story. Now, of course, there are also the non-believers, like I mentioned, who refuse to think what happened was real. Believe me, When you dive into the world of alien species who live on or visit our planet, people give you a weird look. (laughs) I will say, people are more receptive to believing more today than in the past. It's really selfish to think our planet is the only one given life. Absolutely no way. How can you believe that? And if you're that sheltered, I truly feel sorry for you. But anyway, just keep an open mind when you hear this story. So the way I see it is that way too many people have been abducted with such similar stories that at this point, I can't even think that there are not others. And by others, I mean aliens or beings out there 
or even on our own planet. So the year is 1961. So Barney and Betty Hill had been married 16 months. Barney worked night shifts at the post office and Betty worked handling state child welfare cases. On their free time, they spent it with their church and were involved with activities related to the civil rights movement. So the Hills decided to take a much needed vacation. Ooh, sounds like me right now. They were exhausted. It was a last minute trip and they left suddenly. They were gonna road trip through Montreal and Niagara Falls. So they took a three day trip. On their last night, they ate at a diner in Vermont before heading back home. So there was a hurricane coming towards the area and Barney figured they would beat the wind and rain so they left the diner around 10 p.m. and estimated that it would take about four hours to get to their house in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Now almost immediately as the couple drove they noticed a strange light in the sky so it looked like a falling star but grew larger the closer they got. Now Barney was a World War II vet and he loved aircrafts. As he reassured Betty there was no need to worry most likely, it was a satellite that went off course. So the light seemed to move with the car as they drove through the mountains. The light actually zigzagged past the moon, behind the trees, and then it would disappear and reappear. Very odd, if you ask me. It almost seemed like the light was playing a game of cat and mouse with them. But that would be impossible, they thought, and blamed the odd movement of the light on the movement of the car. I've done that before, like when you're driving in a car and you see an airplane, and you're like, is that plane moving? Is it not moving? And you can't really tell because your car is moving. So the whole thing was way too strange. So they become a little more curious and they started stopping at rest stops and picnic areas to see if they could get a better look. So they were using a pair of binoculars they had in the car. They saw that not only was it a large white light, but also it looked like an object that was spinning in the air. They knew what they were looking at was not a satellite or a plane they've ever seen. So Barney was not a man who was easily fooled. He actually was very intelligent. Barney had an IQ of 140. So Barney's trying to remain composed, but he's actually freaking out inside. But he didn't want to scare his wife. So about 70 miles from where the diner was, the light's still following them. And it's hovering above the trees. So Barney stops the car and he leaves it on. He grabs a gun that he had under the seat and he gets out of the car and books it down into a dark field, leaving Betty behind in the car. So I think he was trying to get the light to follow him or to follow after him and leave the car alone. So he claims that he saw a craft as big as a jet, but flat as a pancake. The craft had rows of windows with gray uniform beings looking right at him. So he was looking through his binoculars and seeing all of this. He wanted to reach for the gun in his pocket, but he couldn't. He couldn't stop looking through the binoculars. And he said it was almost like something was telling him not to grab the gun. So he finally snaps out of it and he runs back to the car and he just stares, speeding down the road. He knew they were about to be captured. He felt it. He felt something bad was about to happen. Betty tried to watch the craft so they wouldn't lose sight of it. Then all of a sudden, this loud, rhythmic beat, beeping sound is heard from the trunk of the car. The couple became drowsy and fall unconscious. So two hours later, the couple w wakes up and they're 35 miles down the road. When they got home, they knew something wasn't right. They didn't feel right. So in the weeks after, Betty started reading and looking into books about UFOs because they remember seeing the light. She found one about NICAP, which stands for National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena. She reported her unusual experience to the group and also to the Air Force because they were afraid that they may possibly have had radiation poisoning. So after a few years, 
Betty starts having these very vivid and disturbing dreams. So Barney developed major anxiety and an ulcer, which probably due to stress. So they looked for a doctor to help with the mental problems. So now they're just, they can't forget it. Even though they're pushing it to the back of their head, they can't forget the experience and something isn't right. So they end up finding a psychiatrist named Benjamin Simon, who also was a neurologist that specialized in hypnosis. We don't hear too much about hypnosis anymore, but around this time, it was a pretty common practice, believe it or not. For months, they worked with the psychiatrist, trying to put all the pieces together and figure out what really happened to them. Now this next part comes from numerous amount of hypnosis sessions that the couple endured together. Sometimes they were together, sometimes they were apart. So the next part I'm going to say is from their experience. So a crafter vessel landed on the car and put them to sleep. Then gray beings walked them up a ramp onto the craft. Inside, the couple was separated. They were then both taken into exam rooms. They were asked to climb up on metal tables, but the tables were short in length because their legs hung off the table. So the beings stripped the couple. They took hair samples, nail clippings, skin samples, and needles probed them through their heads, spines, arms, and legs. A needle measuring four to six inches was inserted into Betty's belly which was assumed to be a pregnancy exam. It was very painful for Betty during her hypnosis because you can actually hear or, I'm not sure if you could see, but you can hear their hypno some of their hypnosis sessions. The one where Betty is explaining this, she literally was in so much physical pain during the hypnosis that the psychiatrist had to stop when the needle was inserted into her belly part, like she lost it. Also, Barney, during a hypnosis session, when he was explaining seeing the beings up close, he freaks out when he starts talking about their eyes, which I mentioned earlier. He said it was awful, and he just kept saying like, oh, those eyes, like, I, I don't want to see those eyes. It was, it was crazy. So while the exams took place, a being referred to as the leader, and I mean referred to by Benny and Benny. <laughs> Betty and Barney, they called him the leader. He watched off to the side. After Betty was fully examined, she remembered watching the beans be in awe at the fact that Barney's teeth could be pulled out. He had dentures. She even had a laugh with them because they were so like shocked that his teeth could come out. I don't know. That's pretty funny if you ask me. <laughs> so they're left with the being known as the leader. They have a conversation with him. Now, the leader actually spoke English, so he was the only one they could communicate with. So Betty asked the leader about the craft. Where had it flown to? She claimed that she had little knowledge of the universe, to which the being jokingly said, If you don't know where you are, there wouldn't be any point in telling you where I am. So this being got jokes. <laughs> And is totally treating Betty. I like his sarcastic ass. I mean, that's pretty funny. <laughs> also, kind of sounds like something Dr. Seuss would say, right? <laughs> anyway, so Betty was also shown a star map on the ship that she later remembered and drew under hypnosis. So the leader tells her that the map showed trade and exploration routes between stars and said that our sun and the alien's home star were marked on it. Their star, their star they orbit is known as Zeta Reticuli, which I mentioned earlier. There is Zeta Reticuli 1 and 2, and she pointed to Zeta Reticuli 2, which is 37 to 40 light years from Earth. The couple is then dragged back at their vehicle and placed a few miles down the road. Wow, um... Their story is one of the very first publicized, like I said. So the couple was weary of who to talk to about it. They spoke to their psychologist. They talked to the, their family, close friends, 
and of course the Air Force, but no one else. Do I believe the story? Do I believe Betty and Barney Hill? Um, <laughs> I hate always saying I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. But I'm looking at the facts here. So Barney was a, a veteran who was really into airplanes. So he claims he never believed in UFOs or aliens, and Betty as well did not believe before this. But is he just saying that? Like, are they just saying that to throw us off? That's easy to do, right? So it seems Barney was terrified of the beings and Betty enjoyed them. That kind of is interesting to me. Um, Benny mentions that he was reminded of Hitler when looking at their leader. To me, what does that mean? He even described one of the aliens to look like a, a redheaded Irishman. So that's kind of weird. <laughs> um, but he said their eyes were slanted and dark. Some of the info they gave us is almost too wild or by wild, I mean too Hollywood. You know, a little UFO flying saucer looks like a plate, little gray men. You know, that, that to me is really Hollywood. I do, however, think they did see something that night, whether it was a big bright light, whether it was something. <laughs> I do think they saw something. And maybe I say this because I too have seen things in the sky that I can't explain. So I get it. But I wouldn't go as far as to make a story and say I was abducted because that's serious, you know, like they got, but, but then here we go. So what I want to point out is Barney and Betty Hill were an interracial couple. In that time period, interracial couples were very frowned upon, which is awful. But what I'm saying is they did not intend for their story, this abduction story to become so popular. Um, what happened is it got out into the media after, I believe, seeing the psychiatrist and it blew up from there. They were an interracial couple, like I said, and I don't think they intentionally wanted to draw attention, any more attention to them that they probably already received from their racist neighbors, you know? So that fact, and then also the fact that, again, like I said, they didn't want this to be publicized or out in the media. They only shared it with this, a small circle of people, including their psychiatrists and physicians. And well into, well, Barney died pretty early on in, in his life, but Betty lived quite a while after. And even she didn't really like speaking about it anymore because it got too commercialized, too... The media goes wild with stories. We know this. So in taking all that in, maybe I do believe, I don't know, I don't know. Have I ever had a dream about being abducted? Yes. Is that a common dream to have for people? Yes. Does it mean we really were abducted? I don't know. I don't think so. Hmm. But anyway, um, yeah. So I don't know. So that night that um, they, the couple saw this craft in the sky, there were other reports of the craft. There was even Air Force... Well, I don't know if it was from the Air Force, but I do know radar. It came up on radar, and I don't know if it was for airplanes or just the Air Force. I'm not sure. But I do know that a lot, not a lot. <laughs> Let me stop lying, <laughs> making up my facts. Um, I do know that there were at least 12 people who saw the same thing that same night at the same time. So there's that to take into consideration when making your... Uh, when making an opinion about this story. Um, like I said, this story paved the way for Project Blue Book, run by the Air Force. So 
yeah, they interviewed a lot of people in the area and they did get some that said they saw it too. They they believed in it strongly. They really, truly went through this experience and through hypnosis, they felt everything they were feeling at the time, everything they blocked from their memory, which really happens if you experience something so traumatic in your life. People, survivors, I will call them survivors, have been known to mentally block it from their memory and until a certain person, a certain situation, a certain smell triggers that memory to come back and then messes up their life. And so I'll leave you with the story of a time I saw a UFO and it really scared me because I understand, well, I'm trying to understand, (laughs) I'm trying to understand Betty and Barney because when you see something in the sky that you know is not a plane, that you know is not something of the norm, it makes you wonder. And it makes you question life. And it makes you question everything you've ever been told. So recently, our government has started letting everyone know that yes, there are things they've seen in the sky or things that have been reported from others to have been seen in the sky. And I'm sure there's more than just that. That yes, that happens. It, there are things they can't explain. Are we surprised? No. Because like I said, people today are more accepting of the fact that aliens might exist. And it's not just a Hollywood thing and it's not just a story. The story of Betty and Barney Hill is one I've always been interested in because like I said, back in the 60s, if something like this happened to someone, most likely they wouldn't say anything. Reason being, if somebody were to come out with this story, immediately they'd be marked as insane or crazy. There wasn't enough evidence back then. There wasn't enough information for them to be so set on what happened to them. The only reason I would say their story is true is because of that fact. Because during the 60s, somebody would not come forward with this story. Do you know what I mean? Like you would keep that to yourself. Like you wouldn't want anybody to know. Maybe their family, but that's it. So if I look at it from that way, I would say, yes, I believe it. But then I think of all the facts, how they describe the ship, how they describe the aliens, um, how they describe the leader, the star map, which there is a group of people who studied the star map that she drew because during hypnosis, she actually drew the map she saw and they found it to be very accurate of where the stars are positioned. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if I believe it or not. But let me share this story. Anyway, so yeah, like I said, there are some things I've seen close to home where I live. um, And they always happen to be in the same area. So a lot of my commuting around where I live, I drive through this town that has a little airport. And by little, I'm talking little. It's very small and it's it's not like an, a huge airport. It's for like the private jets, private planes, not jets, private planes or helicopters most of the time. And it's always around that area, which 
you know, yeah, I've questioned. It's probably a plane, right? But planes have very specific lights and movement. Like, you can tell when it's a plane, you can tell when it's not. So one night, I was driving in a car with my ex-husband and his sister. And it was late. It was like 2 to 3 in the morning, around that time. There was no cars out, I remember. The road was completely empty. And we were coming from, I think, the east side of the airport. I noticed a big, bright light in the sky. So where we live, it's not big city. It's the suburbs. So you could still see some stars in the sky. But this light was not a star. It was huge. This light was huge. It almost looked like a searchlight. Because at first, I remember thinking, ooh, a helicopter is doing a search. But when a helicopter or an airplane or whatever shines some type of light that bright down, you can see the light, you could see the light shoot down. Do you know what I mean? This light was just big and bright in the sky. It was about the size of the way we see the moon in the sky. That's how big the light was. And it caught my attention, but I didn't say anything because I thought it was a helicopter. All of a sudden, the light did a zigzag. So it did like a Z. And then it shot off across the sky. But it didn't go all the way across the sky. It just went like a little bit. Like it shot across but then disappeared. Like it went across and up and then I didn't see anything. And it happened really fast. And the way I can describe that zigzag was if you have a flashlight on in the dark. And you you move it back and forth. You can see the trail of light left behind, right? That's what it was like. So it happened so fast and I was just like, oh my God, did you see that? And I was so excited because I've seen things before and I would tell my boyfriend like, you know, I saw this and oh yeah, whatever. Like he, he, actually I don't know if he believed or not, but he would always tell me I was crazy. So I knew for a fact he saw it because when it happened, he did a gasp. He was like, and then I was like, oh my God, you saw it. And then he goes, he looks at me and he's like, what? Saw what? And I was like, what? I was like, you didn't see that. And then I told his sister, I was like, did you see that? And she was like, no. And I'm like, for a second, not going to lie, for a second, I was like, they're aliens. Like, they don't want to tell me they saw it. Because <laughs> I knew 100% to this day, I, I know they saw it. I know we all saw it. Crazy. So that was one experience I had. The other one is really weird. Same area. Just a little further down from the airport, there's an apartment complex that has a man-made pond in front of it. And the pond is really big. Um, People do like ice fishing on it in the winter and it's huge. It's in a gated apartment complex. So I'm driving my niece who is about four, maybe five, and it's late at night. Well, not late at night. It was dark. It was winter, so it was probably like four o'clock. And over the pond, these big lights were just beaming down into the water there was a car in front of me there was a car behind me now the car in front of me stopped so i know they saw it and the car behind me also stopped way behind me we were all looking so then i stopped because i'm like what is that so i opened my window and my little niece was in the back in her car seat and this girl unstrapped herself because i'm like what is that v what is it And she's looking up the window. I'm looking out the window. All we could see were these three big white lights in a triangle form. But it was so close. 
that you can see like around the light and you could clearly see there was some type of I say a jet but jets cannot hover that low to the ground like it was right over the houses Ugh, I don't <laughs> I, to this day I think about this but I remember the light beaming down on the water not us the water and you heard this wubbing sound. So it was like a Any type of jet, you would see the ripples in the water, right? Nothing. The water was completely smooth, silent. And I remember looking up, looking at the lights, and you could see a black shadow. But I cannot tell you what shape it was. I'm going to assume a triangle because of the way the lights were. And we ended up just driving past it because we had to keep moving right so fast forward like two three years and the school I work at was getting rid of some books and there was this really cool book it was called like strange and weird Illinois so I picked it up and I brought it home and I figured I'd share it with my niece because she's a little weirdo like me and we like weird stuff so we started looking through there and you see Bigfoot and haunted Chicago stuff and all that kind of stuff we turned the page we're looking at it together. We turn the page and we see the exact ship we saw. A triangle with three big lights. Like, I remember we are we were sitting there with our mouth open. And I was like, V? And she goes, that's what we saw. And I'm like, yes. And in this book, it talks about the city I'm from and how this area is known for a lot of UFO sightings. And I was so excited and we didn't even know who to tell. So we just were, we celebrated together. <laughs> and so to this day, we both say we saw a UFO. That's the closest I've ever seen a UFO. And we've told many family members and friends this story, but like nobody believes us because you had to have been there to believe it. Do you know what I mean? So I'm glad I got to experience that with someone. Only one time did I see a UFO without anybody, and that one scared me. This one, I was sitting in my yard, and if you've never experienced the Villalobos yard, I feel sorry for you, but it's really chill, really comfy. So I would, uh, in the summer, I would like to go lay out on a blanket and just look at the stars, because I always tell people, just take 20 minutes and go stare at the sky. You will see something, whether it be a shooting star a weird satellite flying by, anything. You could see weird stuff in the sky. So I'm laying in the grass looking at the sky. This night, the sky was like a purpley, a dark purple. And all of a sudden, I see this. Now, don't laugh at me. But the only way I can describe it is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the elevator that they get in, the glass elevator they get in at the end, and they shoot out of the ceiling. Yeah, imagine that. And it wasn't gold. It was like, uh, actually, I'm not really sure what color it was, but it was like a dark, you could tell it was made out of metal. And it was, so at first I saw it and I was like, ooh, satellite. But it was really low and it just kind of floated past. It was not going up, wasn't coming down. It was going across, completely silent. Like if I wasn't looking at that part of the sky, I would have never known it was flying across. So I caught it and then I watched it and then it kind of just, no lights. 
absolutely no lights because like satellites sometimes you could see little lights flashing nothing this had no lights at all and it just flew off to the side i i don't know it just kept going and i lost track of it because it was dark out that one scared me because it was moving sideways but you could clearly tell it was spinning like a top and i was staring at it and i was by myself so this would have been the perfect moment aliens if you're listening this would have been the perfect moment for them to take me but I guess I'm not worthy of being taken. <laughs> because I've seen so many UFOs that by now they probably should have taken me. But there are people that claim that they've been abducted. And to this day, they see UFOs all the time. So almost like the aliens are coming to see how they're doing or checking up on them. So yeah, that's really crazy. <laughs> And don't think I'm crazy, because I'm not. Like, the, these are things I can't explain that I've seen. I don't know. It might have been a satellite falling from the sky. I don't know. I'm just telling you what I saw, but it did scare me. <laughs> well, that's all I have for you guys today. Um, I wanted to keep it short and simple. I hope you enjoyed. Again, have an open mind. Have these discussions with people. Listen to your neighbor who loves talking about aliens. It's interesting stuff, whether you believe it or not. And um, if you have nothing to do today, uh, Ancient Aliens is on Hulu and Netflix, so go ahead and binge it. You won't regret it. <laughs> Thanks again to everyone who has been following, supporting, and listening. Love you guys. And um, don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Creepy Chisme. Or if you have a story you want to share with me or just want to say hey. You can always email me at you at gmail.com. That's the number four, Y-O-U, at gmail.com. And thank you to the new listeners. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And um, next week is going to be a good one. So buckle up, y'all. It's going to be a wild ride. And gracias por escuchar. Y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thank you for listening, and don't forget, stay creepy!